Cool. So welcome to the, what's this, the fourth episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, St. George's Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast of the St. George the Martyr of Kales River Parish. And I'm joined as always by the rector, the venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. Rodney, how are you today, sir? Good morning, Lindsay. I'm doing very well through the grace of God and so is my family. And I hope the same for you and your family. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rodney, this is the Wednesday episodes. Wednesdays are more straightforward sort of Bible study, just looking at the scripture, what would have been done in the shortened liturgy within the church. Uh, would you like to take us through, just welcome everybody to the podcast. Grace and peace to you from God. God fill you with truth and joy. Welcome. Uh, my beloved congregation and people of God. This is the um, last week of the Wednesday Lenten services. Um, strangely, we're doing it during coronavirus. Um, and the theme for this week, which uh, culminates the essence of the book um, that we were studying with Burning Hearts by Hindi Nawan. The theme this week is the Eucharist is always mission. And in my choice of hymns for this service, when you look at the liturgy, it would focus on words from um, hymns focusing on the Eucharist and the communion, as well as the uh, leading into the mission of the church. And um, I think just to reiterate oh, these words, which are so welcoming. Um, and now, O oh Father, mindful of the love which brought us once for all on Calvary Street. And so um, that just reminds us that the Eucharistic mission is always about the love of God through Jesus in the power of the Spirit. It's a message of hope to all people. Mm. Yeah, hope is what we need right now as, yeah, the days are getting longer, we are getting more lonely, especially the more extroverted yeah. among us, and yeah, just drawing closer to the family, which I think has been the real blessing in in all of this, for me, just the, the deeper relationships that I've started to form or rekindle with my family, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, been, it's been good, it's been nice to slow down from, from life. Yeah, I think when I, when I look at the words of a call to mission in response to what you're saying, um, life often seems to be our sense of wanting to be on the mountaintop where all the activity is. This virus and all that it's been doing across the globe certainly puts us in touch with the um, Ezekiel message on, that we had on Sunday Pass the reality of the valley of dry bones and so in our call for worship to worship sorry we're looking to the to the lord of life to help us out of the valley of the the, the bones but we have to acknowledge in those words of response is that we are in the valley of the dry bones and it's in mm. fact according to um the psalmist for Sunday, Psalm 130, it is in the depths that we are crying out to God. So 
once we begin to realize that being with family is not um, a, a frightening place to be because in our home setting, um, we, we, you, because we can't go out according to the law, the outside almost becomes like the state of death. You know, mm. as soon as you pull your car out to go to the shop, what are you going to be facing? Possibility that you may be infected. Mm. Your, home, your home is the place of security, but it's also the place of reflection. Yeah, definitely. And for, for those who are maybe holed up in isolation, like not having their families around them, um, just being part of this exploration of faith during this time of crisis with everybody else, tuning into the podcast, going through the liturgy. I mean, it's it's just another way of connecting with other human beings and Absolutely. getting out of your own head, maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... Um, what, what it brings home to me is as we do these worship um, and use this worship, this platform to help create community, a sense of community worship, um, what, what it brings to reality is that what we are when we go to the church for worship is what we ought always to be at home and in daily life. This is actually saying how central worship is of God is to our day-to-day -day living. Um, worship has to be integrated and incorporated into our lives rather than it just being a place where we're going to to do this action. Um, mm. it, it is a, it's, it's the combination, it's the collaboration of faith and life. No, definitely. So then just moving into the, the chosen scripture for today, it's from the book of Daniel. It's from Daniel chapter three. So Daniel for me is a very, very interesting uh, book because it's the intersection of like religious text and actual historical records. Mm -hmm. So this, so obviously Daniel was taken with these three friends as part of the, I think it was 10,000 elites from judah who were exiled to babylon then he was part of like the wise men and he was taught the babylonian language and taught their text and then he was advising nebuchadnezzar the second at the time yes that's correct yeah but yeah the, the whole narrative uh, whilst it has that religious i mean that historical inclination mm. um what it does what he does eventually become it's read and as apocalyptic writing with yeah. the revelations um, and it interestingly that this apocalyptic writing is focused in a state of captivity experience of slavery being taken out of mm. your cultural comfort zone um, and your skills being utilized not for the benefit of your own people, but that of a foreign state. And then how yeah. do you make the adaptation um, in all of that? It is a space in which you could easily lose your sense of God. Hmm. No, definitely. And I mean, in, in that captivity, 
like Daniel, he did the whole, the, what has been popularized in modern culture as the Daniel fast, uh, because him and his friends then refused to submit entirely to Babylonian traditions that they wouldn't eat their food, so they stuck to their own, on their own path. You know, it's, it, isn't, that, isn't that a sense of bravery? <laughs> because, it is. Um, and and da Daniel seemed to be a kind of person who could persuade even the, the top brass um, mm. what he believed was best for him. Uh, he was also seemingly very competitive because he said, you know, let's see out of, out of this who, who's going to end up being far more um, fitter and far more um, creative uh, after yeah. this diet. I often read that with depredation because I say, does Daniel say we must not all become vegetarians? <laughs> <laughs> and I love my meat. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was the original <laughs> vegan. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, I I I think um, I I remember if I may just throw this in, when I was at mm. uh, primary school, um, our school Zonbloom had a, an art class, and I used mm. to be um, one of the students in the art classes, and uh, I drew a picture. Um, on, on, on a black sheet of paper with crayon, Daniel in the lion's den was my, yeah. was my um, artistic work. And it ended up in Sunlum's um, calendar for that many years ago. I can't remember the years, years ago. But we were three students from our school that whose work was submitted for publication. Um, I had oh, wow. a calendar somewhere. So Daniel and I have a very special bond because of that experience. But so, go, so in the yes. chosen text, um, it relates to when I'm not going to even attempt to meant to pronounce the names. <laughs> I will Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Shadrach, yes. Meshach and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Cool. They, they, it was after Daniel had then decoded one of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams, and now they were elevated among the wise men who were serving Nebuchadnezzar, but they would not yield and bow to the golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And then he was testing their faith by throwing them into the fire pit. Yeah. Why yeah. did I choose this? I mean, this part of the reading, yes. because you would have noticed, is just part of the reading for the whole... A day yeah as, as one focused in the context that we are currently and I think th this is very important we can't read and reflect and even preach scripture if we are not also thinking about the context that we mm. are experiencing um, and so but we, we cannot run away from the context of the text itself what, what what seemed to be playing itself down in there? The the um, king the king seemed as all people with power, wanting things their own way, wanting to mm. dominate for their own purposes. Now, whilst you can dominate me with economics and with material things and with power. What happens here is that now you want to dominate my faith. 
which is an integral part of my being, central to my being. You can rob me of all the other stuff. You can take away my power, mm. take away my money, but am I going to sacrifice my faith? Am I going to give up believing and, and hold on to something which is um, an idol that has no power except that which you invest in? So this was the struggle of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith because um, when he pushed them to the limit now, what, what is the limit? Death, burn, being burnt in a, in a um, fiery mm. furnace. Who, who of us would not stand there and wonder, what's the cost of this going to be? Mm. Is it the body that I'm concerned about and the pain I may feel when I go through the burning of the fire? Or is it that eventually, eventually, at the end of the day, is it the God in whom I believe? Whom I've come to believe, whom my parents have raised me to believe, in whom I found deep faith as I reflected on the scriptures and mm. um, experienced in worship and life. So, at, as it were, the ultimate button was pushed. Daniel, will you... Um, fall down and worship whom I want you to worship? Will you give mm. up your God? Now, remember last week you said something that I didn't pick up uh, in the text last week. You, are, you, thought, you said that the, the text of Elijah, Elijah um, sorry, Ezekiel, where God said to mm. the prophet, do you think that these bones can live? It sounded to you like a tempt uh, the temptation story that... Yeah. Yeah. Jesus had gone through. And that spot I didn't hear. I only heard it when I listened to the podcast. Well, yeah. I, I don't think it has. It bears similarity to last week's text. But certainly in here, Daniel, who, who is the more powerful for you, Daniel? Um, hmm. Me and my God, whom you can see here in front of you in glittering gold. It's something that I built. It's something that I represent, and because you're in my country, you have to bow down and worship him. I'm giving you a decree to do that. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith was far more deeper than that. They, in other words, where was their God? In their hearts, in their lives, integrated in their whole being. Not something that, yeah. that they created. And, 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 and imaged. They, they imagined God, but they didn't image God. Yeah. So wherein lies the true God? In the image we give to God, or is it in the faith that he is within us and that we are called to, to embrace by faith? Mm. And it's a big question because at this time, um, the the four would have already experienced the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, and where was where was God in that? Right. And then to then be taken to Babylon, away from their family, from their support system, and being thrust into these positions where Nebuchadnezzar now is trying to dominate over them and. 
Obviously, he's won the world. This was the final decision of Judah. Yeah. You see, this is very interesting um, that you say this. Even Jerusalem could have been an idol because of the mm. emphasis placed around it. And if we, if we get stuck onto these things, then do we lose sight of who God really is? Mm. Do we... Isn't this a call to a deeper faith, to believe even though we can't see? And yet, there are things that catch out our, our eyes that make us understand there is a God, that confirms our faith in Him. So who ultimately should we hold? Holding on to Jerusalem would not have saved them there. Hmm. But also saying, I think that other part of it, um, I highlighted when I was reflecting on it. If... The God whom we serve is able to save us. So Daniel wasn't purporting, as, as wise a man as he was, wasn't purporting to know exactly how God operated in any con situation. He, he wasn't mm. pinning God down to a particular way of promise that he did earlier on. He was saying, well, God has God's own choice in how this matter will be sorted out. But we trust him rather than we trust you. We trust God rather than we trust ourselves. All that we can mm. do is to say, we, and I think right at the beginning, said, Your Majesty, we will not try to defend ourselves. They were not seeking self-justification. They weren't even going to say, you know, we don't deserve what you're giving us. We've been good to you. Why are you treating us like this? No. If this is a test of our faith in God, then we will trust the God whom we've come to believe in, who has journeyed with us and our ancestors. So if mm. God... Um, will, is able to save us, then God will. If he doesn't, so, so that is also, God can work either way. From this situation, can God save us? If God chooses not to save us, be sure we will not worship your God. Because even mm. in death, God is God. Hmm. We, we celebrate God, in God as God of life in life. But God is God of life, even in death. I just listened um, this week to a an old a gospel song, and the words the words that reiterated with me with me was, "The God of the mountain is still God in the valley." Yeah. So we not, we're not going to give up on our God because the idol won't save us if God chooses that we must go through this experience and be burnt alive. Then mm. that's what we'll have to face. Because even the, the worst death you can offer us, it doesn't amount to who God really is, both revealed and mysterious. Mm. But my, what's interesting for me as well is this is the second of three revelations that, that Nebuchadnezzar had of the God of, of the, the, the Jews at the time, where the first was when he set the test to decode his dream yep. that Daniel then passed and then was elevated to like the top of the chain of wise men who were serving him. And then 
after this, Nebuchadnezzar saw another figure in the inferno. And then also then confirmed that he saw another figure and that, that Daniel's God was quite great. And then it was right after his madness that he was then called to accept God and then was re <laughs> reborn as a, a king again. Yeah. It 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 just has like this this story has a lot of echoes to like the three three denials of Jesus okay. like during the passion story. <laughs> and then even going further than that, if if I just look at the historical context, I'm always drawn to um like this was the end of of Jerusalem and Judah as known because from year it passed to it was just knocked about between the Egyptians and uh, and the Romans for a while. And there's there's an Advent hymn, um, O Come Emmanuel, where it's to ransom captive Israel. So Jesus was kind of the prophesied savior of Israel, but it only came like much later. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, uh, the uh, liberation from Egypt. Um, yeah with Moses 40 years in the desert they could not mm. reach the promised land they walked around in circles um, so what does that say about our journey of faith I want to tap in quickly to to the fact that Jerusalem in in you know in the Daniel um, saga yeah would after that no longer be the Jerusalem yeah. as known. And isn't that a, a touchstone regarding our now experience? Where will the world ever be the same after coronavirus? Mm. Even though we've had many plagues before, would this experience, this captivity in the COVID-19 experience be a kind of the world cannot be the same as it used to be before the outbreak of COVID-19. So given that, so we can't hold on to this world, um, the world of power, the world of money, the world of abuse and violence and war, when what is, has come up against us, no matter how it started, there's not a nation under the sun hasn't been affected by it. Now, we could be argumentative about all of these things, which each, each is true in some debates that I've been listening to, especially the American one. Um, we had in John 8, which is the gospel for today, we hear yeah. of the stubbornness and the argumentativeness of these scribes and Pharisees against Jesus. And, and yet, um, this is where the wisdom of Daniel comes. I and mean, I kept wondering, why did they bring these two texts together in one? So Jesus says, mm. if you obey my teaching, you are really my disciple. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, the, the word know then would attach itself to the wisdom Daniel experienced in, mm. in, in the book that, he, that we see reading of, of him. But the wisdom that Daniel was given could not have come even from the knowledge that the, the, the greatest discovery of knowledge that earth could, could give. 
It again goes back to the kind of faith walk Daniel was having with God. That it's really only in the wisdom of God that Daniel could say what Daniel could say. Um, yeah. And it gave him the liberty. By grace, he got the liberty. And this is where, to speak, this is where I think it, it touches base with this week's um, theme. Was Daniel therefore not called to, on a mission by God, to witness of God's wisdom? Um, to, to witness to God's wisdom in a country which had rejected any other form of belief than their own? A king who was obsessive about power um, and a king who was obsessed about wisdom but that which soothed him and pleased him but wasn't true wisdom that liberates and frees. Jesus says you will know the truth. Why will you know the truth? Because you obey my teaching. Wisdom that I'm giving you forms and shapes you to be able to speak. So was Daniel therefore on a mission? It may have been a mission that um, transported itself in slavery, but here he was at that stage with what could be called the greatest king of that era in that time. Mm. And his wisdom that God gave him strips this man down, breaks him down um, to his very primitive self before he could yeah. be brought to faith. Before he could be brought to truth and before he could be brought to freedom. I mean, his primitive self shows that he was in captivity to himself. That mm -hmm. last vision you spoke about. Until the truth of God sunk in. Um, going back to the second one. Who else was in that fiery furnace? And Nebuchadnezzar noticed this. There was yeah. a fourth person there. Why is, was his eyes able to see this? And even then when he started saying, now we must only praise Israel's, uh, Israel's God, Daniel's God. You can't mm. praise Daniel's God if you haven't gone through a heartfelt, repenting conversion. Because mm. you can't believe God with the issues you still are sitting You've got to let that go through repentance. So was Daniel sent on this mission that we are sent on as those who partake of the communion? And those incredible words in the communion which says, this is my body given for you, do it in remembrance of me. This is my blood shed for you and for all so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. So I see in here that theme coming out of today that for us as the Eucharistic community called to the Eucharistic life, we, it does not stop because we've done communion. It's a result of communion that we are on a mission. Maybe we could even say, and I hope I'm not reading into the text, Daniel talks about a meal before he actually does, does before this encounter comes. Why was that yeah. meal so important? Did that meal prepare him for this particular experience? Wow. And I think that's a that's a good note to to close out on. Uh, 
Father, would you like to take us through the prayer at the time of COVID-19 so that Certainly. we can just reiterate that sense of community? Let me just also add before I do that, um, mm -hmm. this prayer was added to a document in which the Archbishop's Prayer for this time also appears uh, on our Dr. Osserson website. It has been uploaded mm -hmm. on to our um, means of communication. So, my brothers and sisters, as we concluded that conversation um, around Daniel and remembering the over 800,000 people now infected across the globe by the COVID-19 and also the 40-odd thousand that have now died as a result, and in the and as we mourn their passings and as we think of their families, as we remember the medical staff of all hospitals, we also call to celebrate those who are recovering and are recovered. And so pray with me as I pray. Author of life, healer of the nations. Grant us courage to face our trial. Give us wisdom to find relief. Give us faith to be responsible. And grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. And as I end this, I do ask that the peace of the Lord will always be with you there in your home and with those who are called to go out onto a as essential workers that God's peace will be with them. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much Father Rodney. Lindsay before and you go can I just say yeah. this last thing which I found very helpful in these dark days you would notice it under the section on sending and blessing and perhaps for me in conclusion with the blessing just read that and then um, is that okay with you yeah no go for it okay uh, this uh, particular poem was written by william Brod broderick and i find it particularly helpful um, at this time we have to be candles burning between hope and despair, faith and doubt, life and death, all the opposites. That is the disquieting place where people must always find us. And if our life means anything, if what we are goes beyond monasteries and church walls and does some good. It is that somehow by being here at peace, we help the world cope with what it cannot understand. So may the almighty and merciful God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit bless and keep us and all people always. Amen. And I hope that you will sing resoundingly, May your kingdom come to the nations. Thank you.
Thanks, Lindsay. Mm. Thank you very much, Father. I will chat to you for the Palm Sunday liturgy.